everybody writes emails. But in a crazy time when I think all of us are kind of drowning in annoying, irrelevant, spammy email messages that fill up our inboxes, it would be really helpful for us to figure out how we can do it more effectively. How can we avoid being a spammer? How can we cut through the noise and deliver the right message to the right person? So on today's episode of The Savvy Marketer, we'll talk to Corey Rich. He's a fractional CMO, and he thinks very differently about email. We're going to have a discussion about how can you write an email that people actually want to read. But first, a marketing moment. For most marketers, the decision-making process for the solutions we sell doesn't happen in seconds or minutes. In many cases, it takes days or weeks or months, sometimes even years. In these cases, our marketing needs to progress through six specific baby steps. When marketing fails, it's typically because we're trying to shortcut and skip past some of the six steps. And marketing is going to fail when you skip steps. Step one is attention. You must get the prospect's attention. You want them to stop doing what they're doing and look, even if it's just for a split second. Step two is engagement. Once you have a prospect's attention, you have to engage them. You want them to read your email or your social post. You want them to watch your video. You want them to click through and learn more. Step three is capture the lead. If you've engaged somebody enough, and it often takes multiple passes for step one and two, then they may be ready to take a next step and you wanna have a clear invitation for them to do that. Step four is nurture because people need time to consider buying. Step five is conversion. This is where they make a buying decision for the first time. And step six is deepen the relationship. This is where you uncover needs from your customer and keep them coming back for more. It's also where you might get referrals where the process can start all over again. So if you're sending an email to try to start a conversation with somebody you haven't talked to before, your first goal is to get their attention. And your second goal is engagement. If you think the goal of that email is to drive sales, well, then you've skipped all the way to step five. Your email is not going to land right. It's going to fail. I created a short but super dense whiteboard explainer video that walks through these six baby steps in a lot more detail. Check it out. The link is included in the description. And that is your marketing moment. So oftentimes on The Savvy Marketer, I'm introducing you to old friends that I've known for a long time. But today I'm probably introducing one of my newest friends. Corey Rich is a fractional CMO with Apex Revenue. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Corey, I said at the start that we are new friends. Can you tell folks, first of all, what medium uh, you use to reach out to me? Yeah, so uh, in my own prospecting efforts, uh, kind of sales efforts and marketing efforts, uh, I, I wrote Jeremy what – I don't say this often – but what yeah. I think was a very good email. <laughs> and, uh, so for the channel, from the, the, the medium of email, I was able to, to write Jeremy and get a response. And then we set up a call. And now I feel like we're best friends just living in different states. So that's right. Yeah. So I got to say, Corey, your email uh, was so effective. It was so engaging that even though I knew it was a sales strategy, um, I had to reply. Uh, well done on that. Um, Thank you. I get so many cold prospecting emails in my inbox. I assume you probably do too. <laughs> yep. Way, way, way too many. Probably not as many as you and I still get way too many. So Yeah. And it's so annoying. I feel like it's gotten a lot worse and I, I feel like I have to wade through stuff in order to get to what's important. 
and I'm really good at ignoring them. And I was kind of kind of focused on the wrong things when I got it. But I said, man, Corey, that is one of the best emails that I've received. And that's what kind of started the conversation. So, so for today's episode, I thought maybe we could talk about how to write an email because a lot of people aren't doing it effectively or how to send an email that people actually want to read on the other side if you're down for that. Yeah, that sounds great. Looking forward to it. I am a believer in email. In fact, I pride myself on trying to write effective emails too. I, I think it's a powerful tool, but I'm afraid that email is kind of getting destroyed by, I don't know a better way to say it, lazy marketers yeah. <laughs> who who just want to um, mass send messages to people uh, without doing research and, and other things. And so I, I know you think about this very differently than most. Um, I'm kind of praying that maybe today we'll, we'll, we'll put this episode out here and we can get all the spammers in the world to watch. <laughs> and maybe everybody can like <laughs> the main, put it the on main, auto reply or something to, to rid all spammers, right? <laughs> that's right. We we want this episode to get embedded in the auto reply that goes to every unwanted spam message. We can, I love it. We can fix the email problem with today's episode. So yeah, hey, I think that's a that's a good goal to have. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a bit ambitious, but we'll try. <laughs> so before we jump in, uh, Corey, just tell about who you are and um, what you do when you aren't working. Yeah, so I've been married, let's see, since 2011. So in August, it'll be 12 years. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we struggled with infertility uh, early on in our marriage and since have been able to adopt three beautiful kids and we're in the process of finalizing adoption with our fourth. So we'll be a family of six, which is pretty neat because I look back to like the early days of marriage when we were struggling with infertility and I never thought we'd have a big family, right? So look yeah. back and just feel super fortunate to, to now be close to a family of six and just loving life. So I always tell people I'm pretty boring. Uh, when I'm not working, I'm literally just being a husband and a dad, which is my most favorite thing to do in the in the whole world. So we love being outdoors. We love sports. Uh, I box and uh, trying to bring my kids into boxing with me as well. Not competitively, yeah. just as a good workout and for fun. So yeah. we, we just stay busy around here. That's awesome. And Corey, it's so cool that you adopted. We actually adopted our son when he was nine years old. Actually, he, we, he came to live with us as a nine-year-old, and then we adopted him when he was 10, and, and he is – now 18. So, so awesome. we, um, yeah, so I, I didn't realize, I mean, we talked right before the show, but until then I didn't realize that, um, we've got that in common. So very cool. Yeah. I was, you told me that right before we started, I was kind of mad at myself that we didn't discuss this on our first call. So yeah. like, <laughs> so Why wasn't it in the first email? Exactly. No, right. Should have been, I failed miserably. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so tell me, we talked about the email. Can you describe to me that email that you sent me yeah so the the way that i dive into email is 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 pretty unique and it's part of what we call our infiltrate model which is really just how we infiltrate how we get into accounts now i i always try to be careful when talking about this because internally like at least at our, at our company we talk about this as it's kind of like the uh, it's it's like the anti-scale model. And what I mean by that is we are so intentional with how we go about our emailing that it does take a bit more time and it takes more effort and it takes being more intentional. But we sell a, a, a high-ticket B2B service, right? We're, we're generally yeah. in the, the nine to $12,000 per month range is, is kind of the our contract size. 
And so our annual contract values are bigger and we have the ability to be intentional. So for me, Jeremy, like I'll explain to you exactly the process I went through with you. The, the questions I had in my mind as I was looking at your LinkedIn and some of the videos that you do, you're pretty active on LinkedIn. So that was mm-hmm. like an immediate trigger for me. I was like, okay, yeah. Jeremy's active on LinkedIn, which means he cares about you know getting his name out there, his brand out there, and he's also really good at doing these videos. So for me, that was like an Im- immediate, I have so much content to pull from, right? I can go yeah. and pull from Jeremy's videos or from his posts and hopefully have an emotional tie to, to Jeremy. The next yeah. thing I did was went to your website, did some research just on your bio. Now, the one thing that hit me is maybe we weren't be, be a great fit is that you're more regional and we tend to work with brands that are trying to expand nationally. And yeah. so I don't know if you recall, but like my second or third line was like, frankly, I don't know if it makes sense to chat, but you're a church guy that drives a Jeep Wrangler. So I'm sending it anyways. That wasn't <laughs> like a sales plug. That was very genuine, which I think is part yeah. of the strategy as well. Right. I'm not, yeah. I'm not just emailing you to be some tacky sales guy. I'm emailing you one, because I think that we found a connection Two, yeah. I think that we can possibly help you. And three, yeah. you seem like the company type of company type of person that I would actually want to engage and work with, right? So there, yeah. there's a lot of intentionality there. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to I found some things to personalize, and I felt like those things were meaningful. Yeah. And then I addressed the problem that we solved. So kind of like our, our, our hook, right, how we solve it. And yeah. then the call to action was, hey, would it be a terrible idea to chat? And then I threw in, you know, maybe over a root beer because we talked about the the root beers earlier in the in the email. So that's yeah. kind of the the flow of of how I went about it. Yeah, the the subject of the email was uh, you had me at root de- you had me at root beer and coney dogs. I think that yep. was it, right? <laughs> yeah. So where so, did that come from? So I am. And I know that you'll you'll find so many different marketers and salespeople that mm-hmm. have so many different opinions on this, right? But my personal uh, approach to subject lines is that I don't want to put anything businessy. I know that's not a word. I'm making that up. But I don't want to yeah. put anything sales or business in that subject line because you get those yeah. emails all the time. You know, yeah. Jeremy, want to increase your ROI by 500 you know, percent? Like yeah. you get those all yeah. the time and it immediately is going to say to you, I'm, I'm being sold, right? That's how your brain's going to yeah. trigger that is I'm being sold. Most likely you'll delete it and not even open it. So for me, my whole goal with the subject line is I need to make an emotional connection with you right when you read that 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 subject line. And generally, yeah. I'm going to do that by tying back to your content or tying back to something that seems meaningful as I've read about you in your bio or on your LinkedIn post. Because my whole goal with the subject line is just to get you to open the email. Because if yeah. you don't even open the email, I don't even have a chance at getting a response. So. Yeah. And so you found, I mean, I think I had just posted something about the root beer stand across the street opening yep. in our office. And so that became the, the subject line. Yeah. So. And, and for me now, I know this is, this seems like the way I'm talking about it probably seems like, well, how in the world do you ever, you know, email more than one person a day? The reality yeah. is 
I set a timer of six minutes of research per prospect. And so okay. while it may seem like a lot, I've just developed a system to where I actually set a timer. It's six minutes. And within that six minutes, I can find all the key points that I want to as I'm drafting an email to yeah. go out and pull from that. So, Is that typically LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn and website are the two biggest ones that I use. Uh, if I can't find, if someone's not active on LinkedIn, then I'll immediately go to their website and check to see if they have a bio. If they're yeah. not active on LinkedIn and they don't have a website bio, it obviously makes it very difficult to personalize. And so you move on. Might, yeah, move on. Uh, if I still think the company's a really good fit, I might write more of a generic email. But again, mm -hmm. I don't love that because it's going away from this account-based sales approach that we're talking about. So Yeah. Well, and I think there's something about the way that you customize stuff too because I, my first response to you was like, Dude, that is like the the best email I've ever. I mean, we weren't even talking about what you're selling. I, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. But I, I said everybody sends me these emails that says, "Oh, gee, I see you went to Heidelberg. That yeah. sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about my business now." And right. it's so annoying because like you don't you don't even know anything about where I went to college. You just like they. It feels like a mail merge field where they just randomly grab the college name or something like that and. What are you looking for in order to make that kind of a connection with somebody? Yeah, so it's it's so it, this is where it kind of gets a bit subjective, and obviously it can it can vary from person to person, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, Jeremy, I'll tell you, and and it can actually even vary from you know prospect to prospect or account to account. So for me, for instance, some things that pulled me in with you, Jeremy, were you seem to have a, a very big passion about growing your business regionally, which like I said at first, even though we tend to approach brands that are trying to scale nationally, it means that you really care about where you live and you care about your community. So that was like one yeah. of the big things that drew me to you. The second thing, you mentioned you're a church guy. We talked about this in our first call. Not a lot of people that are willing to just blatantly mention that in their bios mm -hmm. nowadays. That drew me in. I'm a church guy. Yeah. That got me. And then the third yeah. thing, this seems silly, the Jeep Wrangler thing. My dad drives a Jeep Wrangler. My yeah. dad's driven a Jeep Wrangler since I was 16. Like we've always had one in yeah. his house. And so it was like, all right, these are some emotional things that I yeah. know Jeremy and I can connect off the bat. And yeah. so that's how I'm going to personalize my email. The fourth thing I guess we should mention, which is what I led with, the reality, I love root beer. It's my favorite drink. And I love Coney Dogs. And you just written a post about that. So yeah. I felt like we checked all these boxes of places that you and I could connect on a deeper level than just business. And yeah. that, that could then lead into discussing whether or not it makes sense to chat or to you know potentially see if there's a mutual business fit there. Yeah, good. And so it sounds like I mean, a lot of this is about the commonality. It's about the, the rapport that we would have based on things that, that we have in common. Um, and so like the person, the, the, the e I see you went to Heidelberg could be effective if they also went to Heidelberg. Right. But I mean, yeah. um, but so many people just like, just grab the first thing that they see and um, they don't even have any, any connection to it. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I would say the other part is, it, and this is where I think sales and marketers get it wrong sometimes, a lot of the time, is mm -hmm. the desperation in the tone of their emails and yeah. in their you know, in their, their, their marketing channels and their sales channels. The reality is I am not desperate for your business, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. But I think 
there might be a mutual fit here. And so when I'm reaching out to you, not only am I trying to appeal to the emotional connection side, because I see that we have some commonalities, both personally and business, but then also it's, hey, I don't know if we fit, but is it worth a quick call to see if we do? Because the reality is, is I'm vetting you just as much as you're vetting me. And if you can figure out a way to communicate that, that's another part that I think brings in kind of that magic because you're not desperate. You're not salesy. You're really just trying to have a a conversation to see if there's a mutual benefit. And are there parts – when you sit down to write an email, do you completely write it from scratch every time or are there parts of it that you are able to standardize? Good question. Both, actually. So okay. it's it, uh, the the first, you know, usually one to two paragraphs, always completely personalized as I'm taking this account-based sales approach, because those are where I'm trying to tie to you. Like we've talked about, I'm trying to connect to you on a deeper level than just, hey, I'm a salesperson or I'm trying to pitch you something. Yeah. The last paragraph, so kind of the, the problem that we solve, how we solve it and the call to action Generally, I will have a framework for those, but I'll usually adjust them based on the business a little bit. So I'll have kind of a couple paragraphs that I like to pull from, but I'll generally customize those a little bit as I'm going through the approach. You mentioned the desperation can be part of it as well. Are there other things? I'm just interested. Why do so many people struggle to send an engaging email? Yeah. So I'll speak specifically kind of to like what we've talked about in selling like a higher ticket, uh, B2B service, um, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what we focus on. And so I'll speak specifically to that. I think there can be some nuance as you get into like, obviously consumers, uh, or if you get into like really low ticket B2B services. Uh, But for us and what I see and what I've experienced over my career is that generally the problem actually lies at the very, very top, meaning people go out and they say, okay, I have an agency or I have this, I have that, I have this service to sell. And they say, this is all the people, official term, total addressable market that I can sell to. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they establish that there is all of these people and they don't go any deeper than that. That's where they stay super high level. And so they're like, holy cow, I have this massive market. And the only way that I can get to that market is by volume. Volume, volume, volume. Just I need blast to find away. a salesperson, yeah, or yeah. a sales development agency that is going to hit as much as my target market as possible. The problem is the only way to do that is by templatizing. It's by spamming. It's by yeah. sending the exact same email and email sequence to every single one of those people in the total addressable market. That's where yeah. I see the problem lie. What they fail to do and the solution to that is then you got to go deeper, right? Everybody has a total addressable market, but then we want to go deeper and we want to go to who is our target account profile, often referred to as, you know, ideal customer profile. And then I want to dig deeper into that. And I want to find out who are my buyers? Who's on the buying committee? Who's the front lines that are going to be using my service are going to be impacted by my service. And then I want to build out demographics and psychographics for all of those and firmographics so that I can come in and say, okay, this is how I am going to approach the actual people that I want to sell to. And then once you go that deep, you can then go out and draft some really good copy and and some really good emails. I think you make a good point that one key is to just simply email the right people. (laughs) 
And right. and you don't need a high volume of messages if you're sending the right message to the right person. Uh, so how do you measure success? Yeah, so for us, we really are looking at uh, what we call the downstream difference. We feel that with this approach, it's more of like a, a, an account-based sales approach. Uh, you know, that we tie in with account-based marketing, account-based sales. I mean, very similar if you think about it. The execution's a little bit different, but similar mindset, right? The the difference is, is that we should be able to contact a lot less people and get the same results as somebody who's spamming a heck of a lot more people. So we look at open rates, we look at reply percentages, and then we look at the actual, uh, like, interested percentages, right? This approach uh, while it is more intentional, it does take more time and it takes more mm-hmm. effort that it yields greater results. And for us, we believe and we've seen that uh, a mass kind of the spamming approach at times can hurt a brand. It doesn't help a brand. Totally. And so for us, it's like, why don't we just target the right people with the right message Yeah, and get it done? So how do you think that the email landscape and just the direct message to people landscape will change in the future? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that's that's like a loaded question, especially when you bring AI into the mix and all the, the like the advancements uh, that are taking yeah. place there, right? Which is yeah. a topic in and of itself uh, <laughs> that we discuss a lot internally because what we do is so personalized. And while I believe that AI can potentially help in some areas, I don't think that they can completely overtake the human aspect of it, right? Like that human personal one-to-one connection. So I think you'll see moving forward that these spammy emails are going to continue to do harm. I really do. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think the brands that don't take a more intentional approach to like your email marketing and your email, you know, account-based sales approach, it's going to hurt brands more and more. And you're going to see less and less conversion and the brands that are willing to dive in and to spend more time being intentional about this are going to be the ones that succeed in the future with email marketing and email sales. That's, that's what I believe. Yeah, I agree. So more noise, more annoying messages coming in, probably more need to filter some of that stuff out, but maybe also more contrast with doing it in an authentic way, Exactly, uh, which might be an opportunity. You know, I I agree that AI can be a really powerful tool for a a lot of things in marketing, but the idea of making an emotional connection with a, with another person, I just, I don't see that. So I'm a hundred percent with you and, and hopefully we feel the same five years down the road. Right. I, yeah. I don't want to see that overtake the, the human one-to-one aspect or else I feel like we're going to have different problems. So absolutely. Well, Corey, I want to thank you for taking some time to, to jump on the show today and uh, share your insights about email. Hey, yeah, Jeremy, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Hey, I want to thank you for watching today's episode of The Savvy Marketer. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment, subscribe, and be sure to share it with other people who may need to see this episode as well. Every episode of The Savvy Marketer is brought to you by Spire. We're an Ohio-based marketing agency. We help businesses sharpen their strategy, get the work done, and make their marketing hum. Take your marketing higher with Spire. Thanks for watching.